Like, did you it, see the? There was a, uh, uh, what do you call it? Honest trailers for that? No, I didn't. He said it's Iron Man on weed. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's basically it. That's why I was just like, when I walked out, I was like, that was fun, but eh. And yeah, then yeah, I guess yeah. I, I've also like a lot of people are comparing uh, Logan to Children of Men, which I'm like, well, what's the problem there? <laughs> They're like, but it's not as good. And I was like, well, Children of Men is a certain type of film. And Logan is a certain type of film. Like, they're going to fall within the huh. categories, you know? So. Hello? Hi, Aaron. Hello. Hi. We were just talking about Logan a little bit. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to see it. You guys saw it? Yeah, yeah. we did. Of course. Why have, why have you not seen it? <laughs> I, I have been working in post-production like a crazy person over here. All right. Well, at least you have, like, a legit reason. All right. <laughs> uh, what, all right. Hold on. If you could describe Logan in one word. I want to hear what it be, because I've heard a lot of things on the internet, no spoilers, but one brutal. word. That's a good word, yeah. Yeah. It's I brutal. Heard, I heard it's more violent than the other X-Men, and definitely oh. the other <laughs> Wolverine stories. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, it's violent, but I honestly think they probably could have done this movie with a PG-13 rating, you know, like... And, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against the R rating. Yes, give me a Wolverine that's R rated for sure. Right, but, right. But I feel like uh, the ratings don't really like. I mean, when people are like, oh, PG thirteen horror film, I'm like, oh, that doesn't mean it's bad. I mean, if you have, if you have <laughs> yeah, a good exactly. story, you can still scare people with a PG thirteen rating. Right. It's just like you're not getting like you're not getting boobs, you're not getting blood, you're not getting <laughs> curse words at this point. I was like, does that really make a film? Like, I mean, I, I'm fine. I'm finally glad that Wolverine did get its R rating because, I mean, like, any comic you've read, the guy's fucking people up. So, that's great. I, I'm, I'm glad that it finally got it, but I don't necessarily think that movie needed a R rating to make that film. But, thanks, Deadpool. Anyway, you know, I got to hear, prof I got to hear <laughs> Professor X drop some F-bombs, and that's always fun. <laughs> well, they definitely made a big deal of it being, I mean, not necessarily production, but a lot of the reviews before it was even premiering were saying, oh, it's going to be R-rated, get ready, this is not what you're expecting. Right, right, so right. So I feel like that was a big push behind it, too. I'm excited. I can't wait. I mean, it's nice to have, like, adult comic book movies where it's like, uh, we're not making this for 12-year-olds. You know, it's like... Because, right, like, every exactly. Marvel movie until, like, Deadpool came out was like, no, this is for, we got to make sure it's good for kids, too. Like, it can't be too grown up. <laughs> but we'll kill a lot of people. We just won't have blood. But <laughs> exactly. Just so kids don't know. But, um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, it's nice. I mean, I, I have, I will, we will not talk about it in front of you. I have things to say. Yeah. I did enjoy it. It's brutal. You should see it right away if you're a fan that, of That is the Wolverine plan uh, for the segment after your segment. And by the way, the new voice you're hearing is Aaron Ain. Is that how you pronounce it? Anya, actually. But Anya. don't worry. Everyone does the same thing. It's Gaelic. It's crazy. Okay, got <laughs> it. Guess what? We already started. We're already in this shit. Oh, hi. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice to see you guys. <laughs> nice to see you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for inviting me. So uh, if you could just tell the listeners um, who you are and what you do real quick, just so we get the rundown. Yeah, of course. Hi, I'm Aaron Anya. I am an actress, producer, and I guess kind of indie film aficionado. Oh, shit. And you're from Georgia originally, right? Yes, Atlanta. Uh, okay, cool. What part of Atlanta? Buckhead. Okay, sweet. And uh, we actually met at this southern dinner thing like two years ago or something? Oh, my gosh. No, exactly. I know the one. Bouchon. At, Bouchon. Uh, for Patrick Millsaps. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only went to one of these things. I don't know if that guy just didn't like me after that or something. I don't know what happened, but I went to one on my lunch break. 
and it was pretty cool. You know, I met you and uh, your fiance and uh, some other people, but um, yeah, never never was invited back for some reason. I don't know why. Anyway, I, I, th I think it was the first of its kind, and so far. I think so far that's been the only one, so don't oh, you worry. <laughs> I, thought was, I thought it was like a whole series of going on. All right. No, it's like a, a groundbreaking thing for Bouchon to be serving up some southern, <laughs> some southern dining options over there. But yeah, that, I'm pretty sure that was the first one. That food was pretty good, right? I oh thought that was gosh. pretty pretty good southern cooking in L.A. It was delicious. <laughs> yeah, I was I was surprised, man. I was like, damn, these guys are doing it right. This well, is... when are you going to be eating grits and gravy and fried chicken in Beverly Hills? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You should be all the time. You all should. The time. There's, you definitely there's nothing should. wrong with that. <laughs> the head chef did an awesome job. It was it was delicious. <laughs> awesome. So you moved from Atlanta, come out here to L.A. to pursue acting, correct? Exactly, yes. So that was the plan. Us? <laughs> okay, that's the plan. So what have you been in so far that's, uh, you know, like the biggest things that you've done? Um, probably Vampire Diaries. I was, oh, shit, uh, all right. I was a guest star on that one. It was a fun segment where I actually got to turn from, spoiler alert, human to vampire to who knows <laughs> what. <laughs> but, um, you know, I was started out acting in Atlanta when I was 12. And so luckily I had access to casting for a lot of the major shows that are up today. Um, a lot of the guest star roles, co-star roles, they're still fielding out of Atlanta, so it's really great to be there for that. And Vampire Diaries, um, Revolution, I had a guest spot on, or Revolution. Oh, uh, and then also Quarantine 2 Terminal was pretty big in terms of the horror community. So I would say those would be my, I guess, most well-known ones. Yeah, I saw that you, uh, like Quarantine 2 seems to be, as far as what I could tell from my research... It seems to be that that's your, your biggest one, but uh, yeah, Vampire Diaries seems pretty big as well. You know, I just seem to keep getting cast in the dramatic and horror fields. <laughs> I mean, horror is a good place to be, though, man. I mean, that's where everybody gets a big start. I mean, hell, even Spielberg's first movie was Duel on TV. That was a horror movie of some sort. Jaws. Uh, Jaws, and then Jaws after that was, you know, the real breakout role. It's like everybody starts out in horror, man. It's crazy. It's great. It's, it's kind of... It's like there's a lot of small projects, and by this point especially, a lot of big budget projects in that field. So whatever you're doing, it's really good experience. They ever want you to, like, cast you as, like, a southern girl? As, like, a southern accent? Is that ever a thing? Oh, my gosh. I did so many auditions for southern girls, and <laughs> <laughs> it, would, it pretty much went one of two ways. I either was the stereotype that they were looking for, or I was not. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Like, kind of airheaded type, or...? What do you mean exactly? Usually, the auditions that I was going out for, especially during the high school phase, was always the blonde, bitchy cheerleader. Oh, okay. <laughs> With a southern accent. Exactly. And then they'd be <laughs> disappointed because, for whatever reason, I never picked up a southern accent growing up in Atlanta. And I'm sure oh, yeah. I'm going to end up like having randomly some southern accent on this. But Yeah, Buckhead, <laughs> yeah, Buckhead's not too southernish, I guess, even though it's in Atlanta. It's like it's in the south. It's it's not country. It's yeah, it's southern, yeah. but <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And you're and you're from Georgia too, Griffin, right? Yeah, you know Griffin? I believe that's where uh Fat Boy Chronicles was filmed. A film that I was a part of when I was in high school. Oh shit. I don't yeah. even know that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there, there's uh some show, not not just Walking Dead, but there's another show that shot there fairly 
often, but I forget the name. It's a drama. But Walking Dead's come through there. It's, it's filmed like a mile away from my parents' house as well. It's, you know, if you're looking for a zombie wasteland, you got to look for Griffin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're what you need. Oh, okay. No, that's exactly, that's exactly where Quarantine 2 Terminal was shot. There In we Griffin, go. really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> growing up, I mean, growing up in Atlanta, it was always, you know, they cast out of Atlanta, but filming-wise, even before all the big, you know, Pinewood and all the, a lot of fanfare has moved there, they were still going out to the smaller towns and counties nearby okay. for film locations, and yeah, got to travel around a lot. Are you still, do you still go back and forth between Atlanta and L.A.? For roles and stuff? I'm still willing to Atlanta, but I'm pretty much permanently out here in L.A. now that I'm more on the production side as well. So it's okay. kind of a different beast. <laughs> so you're kind of making the transfer. Exactly. So uh, you say production, and, I mean, the segue here would be you're making this movie called ZombieCon? Yes, that's exactly right. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So ZombieCon is a feature film. And it's about cosplayers who get stuck in a zombie apocalypse of anime proportions. <laughs> this is a horror comedy. It, it, yeah, it's a... <laughs> oof, that's, that's a hard question there because I'd be willing to say it's more of a character story and almost, really? more, of a, almost more of a drama in, in the way that the characters change. But maybe that's me as an actor really inputting there. It's... It's definitely got its horror elements. It's definitely got the comedic elements, uh, a lot of action. But when you boil it down to its roots, it's all about these four cosplayers who are best friends and a cosplay team and their growth as a team and, in, and as individuals during this crazy zombie apocalypse that happens, which I will not shed more light on because that would be <laughs> spoiler alerts. <laughs> Sweet. And this is like completely funded uh, privately or did you do a Kickstarter Indiegogo we, or something? We did do an Indiegogo campaign. Big Squid Productions is the production company, and okay, this, yeah. was the, this was the first feature film. And I'm a co-founder of Big Squid Productions, so we've been doing web series, short films, now on to finally the big feature film. And we started out with an Indiegogo campaign and ended up, well, that was, let's see, spring 2016. And then we went into production oh. in June 2016, and now we're rounding out post and very close to having the final cut finished. So that's where, where we are. Premiere? Still haven't gotten that locked down. All depends on distribution. But, okay. you know, hopefully, ideally, we would have a premiere in New York, in L.A., in Atlanta, um, and do some sort of theatrical distribution internationally. But who knows? Are, are you the lead in this or somebody else? No, I, I was acting in the film as well. So although I'm producer and filled a number of roles, you know, co-casting and um, production manager, I was very much showing the acting seat during production. So distribution-wise and everything, we'll be taking meetings as a company, but I'm not the forefront of that. I mean, but the main character of the story in the movie, is, it's, is it you or...? Oh, I see. Well, there's four cosplayers, uh -huh. and so it kind of follows all four of us, but the story is told through Rocket's perspective, our okay. kind of lead here. So as a cosplay team, we're called the Rocket's Rockets. And, okay. <laughs> and Rocket <laughs> is not only the lead of the cosplay team, but the lead of the movie. And the whole movie is told through his perspective, a lot of voiceover, um, but definitely through his perspective. Sweet. You, you're, you're kind of... Into cosplay, right? Just genuinely? 
I am. It's been through over the last year, a brand new thing, but through watching and becoming subsequently obsessed with a number of anime <laughs> <laughs> over a very short period of time, it's it's become a very real, very fun, fun passion. And actually in ZombieCon, all of the cosplay armor that's worn by the four main characters was created by my fiance, who's also the creator, co-writer, director, editor, everything in between. Um, but he literally designed and then built out the cosplay armor for the four of us. And so the movie is very genuine in that aspect, that it's all homemade cosplay. It's very fan-made, very real. Um, and we do have real cosplayers as well from the L.A. scene who are in a couple of the scenes as well. Wait, so, can you drop a few names here? Because I might know a couple of these people. Oh, my gosh, I can't wait. Thank you for asking. Uh, Sarah Storm, Sarah Palmer. Her. Okay, Sarah Storm. Sarah Cosplay. Palmer's familiar. Okay, keep going. Sorry, I'm sorry. She just she just won Best Superhero at Comic Excitement. She did the runway competition, the thousand or ten thousand dollar cosplay contest, and she also did, I believe, Long Beach Comic Con. Uh, oh, she sure. entered in the contest and won for that one as well, one of the competitions. So she's badass and awesome. That's cool. And <laughs> definitely look her up, Sarah Storm Cosplay. There might be some underscores in there, but I'm sure you'll find her on Instagram or Facebook. Um, but she, and then also, there's a couple, Noctilian, N-O-C-T-I-L-I-A-N. He's amazing. Jeff Nguyen is his real name. And he's actually a moto cosplayer. And so not just is he, let's say, Batman or one of the stormtroopers, but he's in this whole head-to-toe getup where he's actually in pictures on Instagram writing all these outfits on motorcycles and just doing really cool tricks so wait 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 so moto fun. cosplay you say that yeah. like that's a real thing that's like that's like a whole other subcategory here's okay so there's some background on this i'm happy that, <laughs> i'm really happy you asked because the credit does not go to me okay. um i was i was casting director on this film for the roles that weren't basically already written in and so one of the really cool projects was finding extras and cosplayers and and bodies to fill a couple of our scenes and we really wanted real cosplayers and especially when we went through the audition route traditionally and weren't finding people who were right for the roles especially on a low budget um, it became apparent that really reaching out to these local cosplayers was now a necessity and and I was so happy to do it so basically over the summer of last year I was stalking over Instagram <laughs> Any cosplayers, particularly, who happen to be local in L.A. and who seem like they would be down to be in a movie. <laughs> and I found a number of really, really great people who ended up being not just so great in the cast and the movie, but just really great people to be friends with and be in their world. Um, but Sarah Storm is one. And then I happened to come upon Noctilian, who I was just telling you about the Moto cosplayer. And it says on his Instagram that he is like the first official moto cosplayer in LA, something like that. <laughs> okay. And so I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he might have just even coined the term. But okay. it's, it's really cool. If you're ever interested in seeing what Batman and or a stormtrooper and or anything in between looks like on a motorcycle, you should definitely <laughs> check out his Instagram. <laughs> all right, all right. So, yeah, so um, definitely Sarah Storm, definitely Noctilian. Uh, Lyra, let me look up. There's another couple that she changed her Instagram name, so I need to just look it up for a second. But basically a variety, male and female, all local in L.A., who were crazy enough, I guess, to trust the word of a casting director over Instagram, reaching out and hoping that they'd be a part of our production. <laughs> 
And it turned out really well. We, we were doing for the film a faux con that we set up called Anime Con West, totally created within the realm of our film, the world of our film, and set it up even with name badges, with the tags, with everything, and had actors, real cosplayers, obviously anime artwork, everything everywhere, lights, a whole show. But we, we basically put on a faux con for the filming of this film, which is really fun to be a part of. That's a lot of extras to get. Yeah. All right, so let's see. Uh, the third one that I definitely want to talk about is Choco Boninja Cosplays. Whew. Her name is Lyra Lee. She's absolutely amazing. She's actually a former nurse, or she is a nursing student. So just very, very interesting people. Very talented cosplayers, very interesting individuals, and also very brave and cool to you know jump into, I guess, the film world and to accept the invite and show up to the film set and be really, really awesome assets. So just great people and a great community that I've gotten to kind of be a part of through ZombieCon. I've never, like, heard, like, a, a movie like this. Like, I've never... <laughs> this is a very... Yeah, it's a very uh, unique take, I think. You know, it's definitely a niche that hasn't been tapped yet. It's right. a lot of really, really passionate, creative people who support superheroes, who support anime, who support anything related to the fields, and who haven't had a story, I think at least particularly in a feature film that shows their journey and shows their perspective and definitely a story that needed to be told. So why not make it better and throw in a fantastical magical element like zombies <laughs> and an apocalypse? Right. Did you, I mean, if, have you had a favorite cosplay that you've done uh, yourself just for a convention or mm. anything like that? I would have to say... I would have to say it was my Full Metal one that I did because I am obsessed with Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and I did Ed Elric along with my co-star slash the co-writer of ZombieCon and one of the Big Squid Productions teammates. His name is Manny Luke. He's absolutely amazing, and uh, he was Colonel Mustang. So it was wonderful having Roy and Ed together. I, I really liked that one, even though it was like cross-play and very different. I felt the most attached to the character and to the show. So that was definitely my favorite. That's a, there's going to be a Japanese live action movie uh, made as well. There, there was a picture released last week or so of, uh, what's the robot guy's name? Or, or I forget. Al, Al Edric, Alphonse. Al Alphonse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it looks like exactly like you'd expect. It's, it's like they pulled it directly from the comic. They didn't change much of anything, which is kind of cool. You know, I'm always going into these feeling a little trepidation because randomly enough over the last year or so, I've now become like a complete super fan of certain series. And yeah. so Full Metal is one, but I think that they will do a good job. I was definitely skeptical at first, but seeing the different trailers that have come out and even with Al and CG, I think it's pretty realistic. I feel very hopeful for it, at least. <laughs> yeah, it looked, it looked all right. Um, not much to complain about. And I saw you, you're also an Attack on Titan fan. Yes. Oh, my oh gosh. Lord. That's one of the first ones. <laughs> it always... When's that season two come out? That's all I mean. Soon. Soon, though. I think it's April. It's definitely oh, this, this spring. Sweet. It's coming up soon, you know. 
I would say it's been a long time waiting. I was one of the luckier ones who I've only been waiting like a year. So <laughs> that's one of the more good. that's one of the more realistic cosplays too from from the anime world because when you go to you've probably been at this point, but when you go to Anime Expo in LA, you see the some of the craziest shit and the like the humongous weapons and, and armor. It's it's like you know some things will just be insanely big like a big uh, axe or whatever, but when you look at Attack on Titan, they're just it's it just looks kind of like a militaristic suit, regular kind of thing. I don't know. I think no. that they, they're they're different they're different from other anime in that regard. I think. No, totally. With uh, with Attack on Titan, it's great because you can essentially just on a cape and a jacket and know the character attributes. So you can do a good cosplay, but I totally hear you because we, as a team, as a ZombieCon production team and actually a lot of cast members too, we went to Stanley's LA Comic Con this past October and we had a booth there. So I was able to really get a firsthand view of all these ginormous cosplayers walking by in handmade suits that are like 12 feet high and see the entire scope of it. and. Yes, definitely Attack on Titan is a very realistic one that you can actually do kind of last second. But right. it's it's amazing what people put together. It really is, especially just as a as a hobby or as kind of like a passion project. Right. I mean, it's amazing. Maddie, did you have uh, some questions? Um, yeah, yeah. Um... Because you're in quarantine too, do you like doing horror movies or is it just like something you're just like, oh, I'm going to go audition for that and hopefully I get it? Or do you like watch a lot of horror? I like, well, my favorite genre I'd have to say would be like an action adventure. Yeah. I, I definitely like being able when I'm watching movies to escape normal reality and just kind of go into a different world. And horror is very akin to that. You know, it's it's... <laughs> No pun intended. It's, it's just life or death. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is serious. Every moment counts. And I love comedies. I've always wanted to do more comedies. But I'm not sad that I've had more of a horror background because they're very fun and they're very intense. And I think that you're able to capture kind of a niche audience, whereas with comedy, it's sort of everywhere. Or action adventure, usually it's bigger budgets. And it's nice, especially in today's day and age, where people are doing more stuff via YouTube, via whatever indie film forum they want, Kickstarter, Indiegogo. It's it's very nice. So I'm all about horror and dramatics there. Is there like one dream horror role you would like to have? Like, in, like if they were doing a remake of any horror film, you're just like, I would love to be in that or, you know, something like that. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even think this question through, but now that you have asked it, I am currently watching Death Note for the first time. Have oh, you guys? Sure. Yeah, have they're you guys making a movie. Them? They're making a the uh Netflix is doing a movie with Adam Wingard is directing a Death Note movie for the Americanized version of it. Oh my gosh. I see I've not even seen that yet. I'm totally new to this series. I'm still in the first season. It's so, so. good. <laughs> oh my oh. god. It's one oh. of my favorites. <laughs> Literally, that has been my work break for the last week or so. Any second that I have, or my fiance, it's like, okay, death note break. <laughs> but when I, sorry, go ahead. No, well, I was just gonna say, my, I guess currently my dream role would be a different take on a story like Death Note, where the main character comes in and you think that he's gonna be the hero because he's so righteous and everything seems all great, and then no spoilers for anyone listening, but you know. 
things kind of take a little bit of a turn and you don't really know anymore who's sort of justice and who's the bad guy. It's very blurred. And I think that's how real life really works. And yeah. I would absolutely love, especially as a female character, to be able to do something like that as a lead. I think it'd be so amazing. Cool. Um, so I watched Quarantine 2 and uh, today. Um, and there's one part in the movie where you do a backbend and a weird screamy thing. Was that hard to do? <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny that you mentioned that of everything because that was a bit in the movie that I suggested casually oh. because I had this very weird ability where I like to do different gymnastic type stretches and poses and I really like doing the backbend. And a couple people on set were like, you should definitely mention that. You know, that might be an asset for your scene where you're a zombie. And so I did. <laughs> and through, I guess, a number of talks and whatnot, they let me run with the idea and it made it into the final edit. So I really enjoyed doing that. <laughs> I was wondering if it was like written in or if it was, you know, or if you had to like be like, well, I've never done this before. So give me a few takes before. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a very creepy moment. Uh, of the film. I was like, oh, didn't expect that. So uh, <laughs> I was, well, just, I was wondering if it was written or you <laughs> talked about it or <laughs> like if there was any training involved in that certain scene. Oh, I'm so happy that that worked out that way. <laughs> it yeah. was a lot of fun. But yeah, that's that's all the questions I have, Andrew. Maddie, Maddie's our, our, our resident horror expert. When, okay, so to give you a little backstory on Maddie, not too far into the past, but I come out of Get Out, and I, I think it's the most amazing horror movie I've ever seen. Maddie sees it. He likes it. He says it's pretty good. But he says, Andrew, it's good, but you don't live in horror. Yeah. <laughs> I live there. Yeah. Hey. I, mean, I was like, all right. <laughs> I mean, it's good. Everyone should be seeing Get Out. It's just, it's more, like, it's one of those films that kind of blurs the line. Like, I think it's more of a thriller with horror aspects. Right, right, right. Um, so, I, I don't know. Like, you know, it's good. Just see it if you haven't seen it. I don't want to talk about it too much. It's good. It's like people should be it. seeing. Yeah, people should be seeing Get Out. Like it's a movie you should go spend money on. It's a smaller film. You know, support Jordan Pill that cast. Also, go right. give your money to him. It's worth it. All right. Well, you're just adding films to my list of what I need to go see. First with the, the Logan, and now oh. Get Out. But I, I, I need to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll finish Death Note first because that's also very good. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. I'm probably not going to leave the house until I finish Death Note. Oh <laughs> I, I think I did exactly the same thing. I was like, I could go out tonight, but Death Note. <laughs> there are so many memes or mems, however you pronounce it, that are lending themselves to anime and anime fans and that I did not get before I entered this world. And now it's like, oh, none of the other ones are even funny. <laughs> like, you, just get, you just get sucked into it. It's incredible. I... I've been a movie and obviously television lover my entire life and anime just the story the structure and also obviously the amount of episodes and amount of seasons that they're able to do it just it really gets you in the character's head and in their world and I have a hard time finding a lot of movies and TV that do it to that extent that's so I'm obsessed yeah well that's I mean with ZombieCon my fiance was co-creator of um the production company of our streaming site and created the story for ZombieCon. And he's always been a very big anime lover, uh, building Warhammer, all of that, and kind of wanted to see it brought to light and brought it 
I don't know, I guess not in the mainstream, but have that story told. I often wonder, I mean, you know, because anime has a Japanese base. There's like, there's probably some basic differences between Ameri- or, or Western storytelling and, and, and Japanese storytelling. And I wonder if just those differences, people just sink their, their teeth into that more and without even realizing it, you know? Yeah, you know, it's, it's so hard to put your finger on. I've really been thinking about this, too, especially with the marketing of ZombieCon, right. uh, about why anime isn't more popular in the States in particular, and whether or not it's that sort of just completely different cultural divide or the way that it's talked about socially. And to be honest, that's kind of the direction I'm leaning more in, in that it's the way that kind of America approaches it and social media or I guess friends really, especially young, talk about it. And it's like this foreign thing versus just another medium that stories are told. It's just like movies. It's just like TV. It's just like commercials. It's another medium. And if you really want to get into it, it's just like a Scooby-Doo, et cetera. It is literally a cartoon. (laughs) So it's a forum that people really should recognize. But I, I think honestly, it's just the way that people approach it, particularly via social media or via in the states i don't even think it's as much of a culturally thing that's a divide there which is the crazy part it's so simple <laughs> it's yeah it probably is I, we're I just so remember, close <laughs> I, remember, I remember reading this article where the with japanese storytelling they don't have they don't really follow like the three-act structure uh, they don't have to uh where you know it's basically first third first second and third act beginning middle and end you know, a lot of a lot of Japanese shit will will not have a third act. They just don't think it's necessary. Or to get even more technical, no more. They, a lot of them, a, a, a lot of them don't have a denouement. So, uh, yeah, that I think may. I mean, that's maybe one example of one of the differences. And and I know, like Miyazaki, you know, he said uh, he said that you know often people say that you know the script is most important when making a movie. Yeah, that's 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 not bad, but he said actually the most important thing is the feeling you get from it. I like that. Forget yeah. the structure, forget everything. It's about the feeling you get. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's forget I the agree. message, forget structure, forget <laughs> everything. It's about the feeling and and like whenever you watch uh I mean even like the you know, Miyazaki movies are not huge in America, but they're big worldwide and they're the biggest thing Japan probably makes as far as entertainment's concerned and you know the characters will do nuanced things the way they put on a shoe or you know walk in the door or something and it's animated they usually don't have that level of nuance and they take extra time out of the runtime of the film to do that and i think i don't know i'm i'm maybe talking at my ass now but i think there, I don't there, know. <laughs> there might be there might be something to that if if people are wondering you know why anime is successful it's like it's like you maybe maybe westerners don't just don't have the sense uh, i mean a lot of people anyway especially people that really aren't fans they just, they're not they don't have the sense for for really seeing what's good about it i don't know no it's, there's there's so many elements of what you said that i completely agree with where you just can't quite put your finger on the exact problem right. but it's there's i mean definitely the pacing of anime is different definitely there's i mean it's kind of a joke with people that don't watch anime where if you're catching it from like the kitchen and you're looking over at the TV, then you'll just see two characters standing there seemingly about to come to blows in a battle of grandiose stature. <laughs> and, and yet all that happens for 30, men, 
30 minutes is a lot of talking. <laughs> right, right, right. right. And, and, that's, and that's exactly. And that's true. That's, and a lot of flashbacks. I mean, look at Naruto Shippuden right now. It's, it's a lot of flashbacks being told their younger story. But at the same time, it's like when you have that longer form to do so, when it's a manga and you're adapting it into an anime and you have limitless seemingly amount of seasons and animation that you could do because you don't have characters, actors that age, <laughs> it's why not take the time to really explore those pivotal character moments? Maybe this right, is right, the way right. that stories really should be told. Who knows? But why discredit it just because there seemingly isn't a lot of action right in your face? I totally, I think there's something to that in the way that it's not really accepted or I guess popularized as much as other forums in the States and in Western culture right now. I, I think it also might be just the, the, I don't know if you call it social progression, but there's some sort of progression there where like, you know, even 15 years ago, especially 20 years ago or so, if you mentioned Star Wars, people would be like, don't talk to me. That's just too weird. <laughs> but now you can bring up Star Wars or Batman or whatever, and the average person in America at least will, will you know, warm up to that conversation, I think. So I wonder, you know, if, if we're 10 to 20 seems so far away now, but for 10 to 20 years from, you know, <laughs> anime being in that same position that, that, that Star Wars is in now. Well, it is pretty crazy that at least here in 2017, we have superheroes, obviously anything DC, Marvel. It's very popularized. It's very cool and normal to be talked about, not just talked about, but also obviously have stories adapted to feature films, big studio films, everything. But for some reason, it's the anime that just hasn't quite bridged that gap. Um, right, right, right. And so, actually, Big Squid Productions, the whole meaning that we've taken on in the last at least year or so has been really bridging the gap between anime and Hollywood and trying, especially with ZombieCon, to be able to tell those sort of stories and maybe with that sort of sense, if not animation, yes, live action, but still be able to tell the story in that sort of way and throw nods to those different shows and those different, um, I guess, beginning popular ones in anime that, that we can and right. bridge that gap and have it as a feature film and hopefully with a theatrical run. That's a cool mission that you have, and I think that that ground is, is definitely fertile, especially now that people are warmed up to superheroes i mean people you can talk about vision now from the fucking avengers with like the average moviegoer, <laughs> you know shit like that or like right. man or whatever the fuck like that shit's coming we're not too we're not yeah i would hope hopefully within the next 10 years <laughs> or so you guys are gonna be you know you're gonna you know yeah the the bridge will be gap well the gap wait the gap will be bridged. There yes, we go. There we go. I found it. Hopefully not the bridge will be gapped. We, yes. we want the opposite, though. The, the opposite <laughs> of it, yes, indeed. What's well, with Ghost in the Shell coming out, it seems like oh, yeah. Hollywood's leaning more that way to at least make Americanized versions right. of these. And if it's if, if this Ghost in the Shell is done well, we're not going to get, like, butchered versions. So I hope, like, the Death Note movie on Netflix is good. I mean, Netflix has a really good run. So, I mean, I know a lot of people are going to be upset with, like, American actors being cast in these Asian roles, but it's like, eh, if you got to open people's eyes to stuff to get them to watch the original source material, let's do it. So we That's, get more of this stuff and it can become more prominent in American society or whatever. That's definitely a good point. I mean, it's, it's a very exciting time to be in the middle of all this, especially for me, kind of 
not just entering this world seriously, but really getting to know it within the last year, year and a half. It's very exciting, the amount of adaptations and the amount of kind of chatter, if you will, as lame as that sounds, over Twitter and Facebook and Instagram about like previously, I guess, kind of seen as nerdy or odd topics um, now being so mainstream. It's a very interesting time. I never thought people would be seeing comic book movies like friends of mine from like Chicago, like that I would never think would want to see Logan. Well, like, no, Logan was pretty good. I was like, what are you doing? What's happening? <laughs> What's happening in the world? Like, this is my shit. You can't have it. You know, it's like, it's, it's nice. It's nice. But it's also weird to see that like, you know, like just with like um, certain comic book movies, like people are into that. They want to go see like the new guardians, but they might not want to see the new Avengers. So it's very, it's very interesting to see like what like draws people to go see certain movies. It's like, I don't know, when I saw the trailer for Logan, I was like, nope, none of my friends that don't watch comic movies are seeing that. Then a lot of them are like, oh, it's so good. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like what? Really? Like, I mean, glad. I'm glad that it it got your money. And, you know, hopefully we'll get an X-23 movie out of that. But (laughs) like, I just, it's very surprising. Like people like, you know, that I never thought had any interest in that. So I think the same thing's probably... I think Ghost in the Shell is going to be great because you kind of have Scarlett Johansson being a female character as your main draw to go see this film. Like, no one else is in this movie that no one knows, except for, like, people who are, like, big geeks of, you know, like, you know, Japanese film or just, like, foreign film or something like that. But, you know, it's going to it's gonna be an interesting time to see once that comes out, like, where all this goes. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's very cool, actually, that you bring up Ghost in the Shell because Scarlett Johansson is actually kind of in the middle of all of it with her lead role in Ghost in the Shell and then also in X-Men being Black Widow. I believe she was one of the, if not the most or highest grossing female actress of the last year. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially because of the X-Men Avengers role in particular. And so she's really in the middle of all of the anime, the superhero, the comics world being adapted to the big that, screen. That movie, Lucy, came out the same weekend as the, the was it Conan? The Conan movie that The Rock was in? Lucy outperformed that. Hercules. Hercules, yes. Her, that's the one. That's Lucy she, is a she better beat, movie. She beat The Rock. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> and that turned, that turned a lot of heads because they went up right up against each other. They could study it. And The Rock, obviously, he makes a shitload of money. He's the, most, he's the highest he's paid the actor highest in the paid. world. highest Yeah. Yeah. She, but that weekend, and probably Ultimate Gross, I'm not sure, but I would, I, I, I would think that Lucy beat it. And so, you know... There's, there's a lot of room for this type of stuff, you know, a lot of room. All right, and I'm going to use this as a little platform here because I love how anime and these stories lend themselves to female characters who are way outside the stereotype of most movies or TV shows that you would watch just, you know, generally in the West. It's, I feel, like, amazing how the characters are just as strong if not more strong than their male counterparts in almost any anime that you could possibly think of. I, I feel like there's such a window there, particularly for actresses who are craving these kinds of roles and stepping outside the usual stereotype. I think anime is that window and I am just so ready. Hopefully ZombieCon will be the door opening it all, but I'm just so ready for Hollywood to be adapting more of these and not just Hollywood, obviously, any studio that has the funding to make these make these films done right, make these animes adapted into the feature film done right. Um, but I just really, ever since I started watching anime, have as a female noticed and really respected that and wanted to be, I guess, like Scarlett Johansson, the heroine in some of these adapted stories. 
do you feel that it's it's the female characters are handled better in anime than in western nerdy stuff yeah i think they are because i guess the main argument always especially what i'm reading online when i'm posting articles for our company it's it's always they're over sexualized or this or that with anime but i feel it's very different i feel it's very empowering in the way that they portray these female characters it's not just one side of them or looking at them from one view, you get to see sort of the, just as you would the male with their origins and then right, right, when right. they're down, when they're powerful, their potential. I just kind of feel the sky is limitless. And in a lot of scripts, a lot of auditions that I have been to, I feel like the roles are not as unilaterally there when it comes to Hollywood right now. That's, that's interesting to hear. Because, you know, you always hear about, you know, aside from anime, Japanese culture being very, uh, you know, a kind of more sexist culture than than Western culture. But while there might be some some kernel of truth to that, but uh, if you but you're saying if you look at anime, that's not the case at all with anime, with the stories that they're telling. I think obviously you have exceptions per character, but <clears throat> I think as a whole. The stories offer more opportunities for female characters in terms of strength and in terms of fleshing out their story than most Western ones do. All right. I never thought about that, but yeah. I mean, think about Mikasa. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Winry, Rockbell from FMA, maybe not so much, but sometimes they're just there as, you know, a plot device to be the love interest, and sometimes they're there to fight hand in hand with the males. And I love that. <laughs> I think ZombieCon definitely follows that train of thinking. So I'm, I'm hoping definitely at least anime fans, otaku, see that as well. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. You, <clears throat> do you have, uh, like, a favorite Western comic character? Um, right now I've been much more into the anime. I mean... <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm too deep right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, it, it has been just really since we began in pre-production on ZombieCon and the script was being written and we were already back, I guess, spring of 2016 doing cosplay photo shoots and obviously immersing ourselves in different series, even as the four main characters and Kyle, our director and the creator of ZombieCon, just watching the anime together, even if some of us had seen it, everything was very much so a bonding experience. And all together, really just immersing ourselves in this culture, in the shows, and everything that it is. And I, I, I haven't left since. <laughs> it's March 2017, and I'm now still starting a new anime. So <laughs> it's been so much fun. It's definitely... Um, obviously other than my other films and shows that I've done this time, I'm on the other side of the camera as well. So that's new and very cool. But aside from that, because of the anime and being introduced to cosplaying and all this, it's been just the best experience. Sweet. All right. All right. Are you going to be at a, you're going to be at anime expo this year or what? Hopefully we've been to as a group so far, Stanley's LA Comic-Con, and then this year, Comic Excitement. And uh, one of our team members went to Long Beach as well. So we're definitely hoping to continue this, but it all depends on once we finish the film and distribution and all that, what we honestly have time for. Right now, it's kind of like a seven-day-a-week 
in the editing booth, in the studio, just working away, but would definitely love to be able to go to more and to be able to just be a cosplayer, just chilling at these cons. Right, <laughs> right, right. Usually we're marketing the movie or, you know, coming in as press. And so it would really be nice just to kind of, as a group, get to build our costumes and go. All right. How about you guys? Do you have any favorites you recommend? Obviously, Anime Expo. Uh, like favorite cons? Yeah. Uh, my favorite con, I like, I like, uh, San Diego just because of how epic it is. And, um, E3, cause I, you know, I've been there like four times. That's like a, that's like a, you know, the number one video game one. But, uh, man, yeah, I guess just, I guess the big, the bigger ones are just more fun. The big, the, they have bigger announcements and stuff. I've, I've been able to get in the Hall H a couple times too. The... Um, it's the one where they make all the big movie announcements and you see, you know, uh, really exclusive shit. Oh my gosh. That's yeah, so the, exciting. The crowd goes wild. I mean, there were, the first year I was there, uh, Tom Hiddleston comes out in full Loki garb, in full character. And he's like, look at this miserable pile of whatever from from Midgard, you know, and he just goes off and the fucking room goes <laughs> nuts. People went insane. And I'm I'm in the crowd, I'm like, this exists. <laughs> this You're is like, amazing. You may as well be at a rock concert. <laughs> it, it, it felt like that there was no, enough people for that. Yeah. It's Hall H is humongous. So uh, uh yeah, it was just so fun. And um there's just new stuff every year. I mean uh, I didn't go last year, but the year before, we were there for the Justice League announcement and, you know, shit like that. Um, I don't know. Do you have a favorite con, Maddie? Or Stefan? Stefan's here, by the way. Hi, um, Stefan. <laughs> hi. Um, I've only been to, like, a handful of small ones. I went to MegaCon in college. I remember that was pretty fun. Um, I've done the Denver one out here a few times, which has gotten huge, huge. The first year was, like, nothing. I, like, I... Uh, we had like I was working with the company. We had like a little booth and like showing some movies and stuff. And there's a lot of collectors and stuff. But now it's like it's just grown so big in the last few years. It's up on me. I miss a lot of them. It's pretty I've, cool. A, a lot are popping up nowadays. It's a fun time. I've only been to one, and it was very small. It was fun, yeah. but yeah, it's just, <laughs> I randomly got a free ticket from someone I was dating. She was like, you want to go? And I was like, uh, sure. And I went and I was like, well, this is all right. I mean, I'd love to go to a big one. Like that's what I want to do, but yeah. just yeah. vacation times don't collide with, uh, I like, hear you. the big, <laughs> the big ones. So it's insane. We, we, we've tossed around the idea of, of super house going to New York comic con in October. Is it? Oh um, my gosh! Uh, that's the second biggest one uh, after San Diego. So, um, yeah, uh, that's still maybe in the works, but we're still, you know, money's always the issue there, and vacation time from work. Um, okay, so I have tuned. a I have a yeah. group question along that line. <laughs> if you guys were going to go to the, even if it wasn't New York, if it was any con coming up, as a team, who would you cosplay as? Oh shit! I've I know never... who I would go as now. Because finally, I have, I have a fairly large beard. And thank God James Mangold made Logan with a fucking beard. Because now I can wear a suit and have some Wolverine. I can finally go as Wolverine. Nice. And he, and he does put on some spectacles in the movie. So That's true. it all works out. It all works out. I finally have a cosplay costume. It's great because I don't want to shave my beard for a cosplay. So. 
it was so cool that, that he it looked like those glasses were bought at like the pers- the pseudo oh, yeah, prescription dude. aisle at CVS. Oh, dude, anyway, more so. about that later. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Um, fuck, man. I don't know. I got an X Men combo. I would think. Yeah, yeah we I mean, we love the fuck out of X Men. I, I would do like a Nightcrawler costume. I think that'd be good. Cool. <laughs> It'd be like I wouldn't cut my hair though. It'd be like X Men Evolution style <laughs> yeah. with a better costume. With with an X two costume, but it would work. <laughs> yeah, I'd have, little, I'd have a little puffy smoke clouds that I'd leave everywhere, and <laughs> and I could eat whatever I want because then people just expect that that vamp stench <laughs> doesn't smell what like sulfur. That? Tell you that, sulfur, much? Yeah. or uh, what is it called? Oh, Brimstone. What is that? <laughs> no, that guy running crawler. behind you. You guys would be a force walking in. I could definitely see it. <laughs> if you if you're Nightcrawler, then I'd be Cyclops probably. Yeah, yeah, that's probably good. We if we, Aaron, if we ever get on an X, this I mean even this conversation might go a long time. But anytime we talk about X Men, it's like yeah. we go on and on and on. Oh, that's one of those. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> or we Dangerous could all be a topic. version of Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be funny. Yeah. I'd be the Barry Windsor Weapon X. I just read that. It's great. <laughs> so, <laughs> so good. good. <laughs> okay, now you now you guys definitely have to go to a local con at least, yeah. and you have to go as a team cosplaying. That's true. We got to. Down with that. Yeah, that it actually be good promotion for this podcast as well, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really I, that's I loved going to the different cons and especially having a booth is really nice because. Whether it's a big con like Stanley Comic Con or they're in their first year like Comic Excitement, it's just, it's such a friendly and very positive atmosphere. You know, people are very much so open and happy to sit and chat for like 15, 20 minutes. And I've, I've just found the people that I've met at cons to be so inviting and fun and just badass. <laughs> the cosplay you see is, I know we were getting on this earlier, but the cosplay you see is just mind blowing. Yeah, I ever yeah. since I I went to Comic Con in 2012, I think I've been going as to many as many cons as possible, and I kind of got hooked on it, man. And I, I like taking pictures of the yeah. of all the cosplay. I mean, that's one of my favorite hobbies, I guess you could say at this point. Posting on Instagram and stuff. I won't post that much on Instagram, but then when there's a con, it'll be like literally 20 to 25 in a row. <laughs> Just post, 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 post. And your arsenal is just like stock loaded, ready. To yeah, <laughs> basically, <laughs> it's just fun and and I don't know. It's just I have a good time. I definitely, definitely do. I remember when I went in 2012. I hadn't. I actually been to one con before, and that was the Tokyo Game Show, probably in 2008. Oh, cool. But but other than that, I'd never been to a convention before, and especially I'd never been to an American one. So I go to an American one. It was San Diego in 2012. And I just remember being kind of like flooded with nostalgia. It felt like it felt like I hadn't felt that kind of stuff in a long, long time for some reason. That's awesome. Yeah, it was just so, it was just so awesome. And I just it's weird. Like it clicked again, and I haven't I haven't left it since then. There's just so much imagination that comes hand in hand, not just with cosplaying, but just anime in general. Um, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. And weirdly, I, I feel like I haven't experienced the same type of comfortability and sort of obsession and really, I guess, immersion into a world right. as I have with this anime since 
when I was younger, and I was obsessed with Pokemon, which now is again, <laughs> which now is again a thing. So right, right, right. I, everything kind of comes full circle. It's it's crazy. Yeah, definitely. And 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 we're living in a world where where it's cool again, or it's cool for the first time, maybe. I'm really not sure, but um, well, I guess awesome. What's interesting too with ZombieCon, our four main characters. Um, Obviously, they're cosplayers, anime-obsessed and everything, but the way that we're experiencing their story and, I guess, kind of peering in on their journey, they're at a tough place where, although they're you know popular at the local con, it's not like their interests and their day-to-day -day cosplaying lifestyle is still accepted in the, in the mainstream. And so they're still dealing with bullying and with kind of the, getting the, everything from the weird looks on the street all the way to straight-up bullying. And so... Definitely exploring, exploring rather, um, people who love this genre, people who are in this world, and it's still not being so mainstream yet. And kind of how you how you deal with that. So we're we're right there. That's sweet. And you, you don't have a release date yet, though. A release time period, at least. Not an official one yet, but we will be doing distribution meetings probably within the next month and a half or two. So we're, Distribution you know. meetings. Oh, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's so serious. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> we're, uh, we're trying to wrap this film up. So everything exciting is coming up and just kind of getting mentally ready for all of it. You going to do the, the Netflix route as well? All doors are open, honestly. Right, right, right. I mean, it, it just depends on what options come in. But obviously, that would be amazing. So yeah. every. We started out as a streaming platform with MeNowTV.com, and we have nine original series there, a host of short films, all that we've done in the last you know, two years prior to launching. And so very familiar with the streaming world and big supporter of it. It's amazing that we have these capabilities now. I mean, definitely production-wise, options are expanded now more so than it has been ever to be able to put your stuff out there and people see it, respond to it, and, and to ha have oh, the kind yeah. of equipment where you can make it professional. I mean, yeah, well, you, you've mentioned niche a couple times, too, in this interview, and I, I think that's definitely the, the key word. I mean, the Internet is all about niche. I mean, Johnson, he's not here today, but he's another Superhouse member, and he's, he went to a, a meeting a few months ago, but it was about um, you know promoting your brand online, and uh, the main thrust of what they were saying at that meeting uh, – that he told me was make it as niche as possible be laser focused you know don't like if you make a you can't make a fucking web page about dogs anymore you have to make a web page <laughs> about medium sized rottweilers <laughs> who in have Iowa or something you know <laughs> you have to be laser focused yeah exactly that was, that was a very focused. good example <laughs> that's our next podcast title <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny too as soon as you started asking us questions I was about to ask you if you had any questions for us so it's like you read my mind, I think. Well, yeah, I guess, okay, for each of you guys, what would be, ooh, I, okay, favorite, one favorite anime and, okay. of all time, and, and secondly, yeah. favorite movie that you've seen that's either out right now or is coming to, you know, Apple release DVD soon? Oh, shit, all right. Um, go ahead, Stefan. Um, for anime, You're breaking so up tough. a little bit, man. Can so, you hear me okay? Can you hear, can me, hear okay you okay, but is anybody else here in the breakup? A little yeah, bit. Yeah. Skip, skip me for a second. Let me refresh. See if you can refresh it. Yeah, we'll we'll edit around that. Um, so, uh, so Matt, you go ahead. I mean, uh, my favorite anime of all time is probably Cowboy Bebop. I know a lot of people say that, but 
just fucking love that. The soundtrack's fucking amazing. It's just a great fucking show. Um, and then, uh, I mean, Logan, it's, I mean, I just saw it. It's great. It's still fresh in my mind. Uh, I'm looking forward to Kong Skull Island. I love monsters. Ooh, so nice. Super excited to see where they take that and some of the rumors that have been flying around about it. But I feel like if John Wick 2 and Logan are setting any kind of precedent for the movies that we're going to get this summer, it's looking pretty good, guys. I'm pretty <laughs> excited. Yeah, this March is looking good as hell, man. Yeah. So, but awesome. yeah. Death Note would be number two, like right under Cowboy Bebop. Death oh, Note was sweet. so good. I loved it. I can't wait for that Adam Wingard version on Netflix. Even if it, you know, doesn't live up to the anime, it's like I always, I always have the anime. I just want to see someone else's interpretation. Of course. Like what, like what would a, you know, the guy who's like the biggest name in probably like horror right now, like what's he gonna do with it? What would he do differently? So, very excited for that. But those are my picks. Awesome. Stefan, <laughs> what you got, man? Um, so for anime, I want to say, I want to say one thing, but I, I don't know. It's hard to pick. Man. Uh, <laughs> There's so much. You're like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't now. watch, much, I don't watch too much anime, but thinking like in terms of like series and stuff, I'd say like Fooly Cooly would probably be oh shit, yeah. a, a, a favorite, how wild and stylized it was. Cool. And what about movie that's out right now or, or about to come out that you're that you have been excited about or you're you're um, to? Shit. I think just um I don't know, just <laughs> watched a bunch of trailers recently. I feel like that's a tough question. Something I liked recently, I just watched um The Girl with All the Gifts. Yeah, I I think I might rent that tonight. The zombie movie—it's really good. It's really super satisfying. But I was—I was watching it with somebody who read the book, and the book sounds amazing. Um, But it was a really—it was a really cool movie. I didn't realize Glenn Close was in it. I knew very little about it, but um, she—she was amazing. Glenn Close played this like totally out of left field kind of role for her. She played this kind of like militarized doctor who, just like I don't know—I don't want to spoil it, but. Um, it was a good movie. The little girl in it is fucking awesome. Like I was, she's a little bit younger, but I was thinking like John Boyega attack the block. Like this kid's going to be huge. Like she, she just had like a really nice way about her and like the way they they must've given her direction to be like more animalistic, you know, in her performance and stuff. And she really struck a balance between her humanity that was relatable and that feral element to her. It was pretty dope. I've been wanting to see that. That's good that it got good reviews. Okay. Yeah. And, and also, just to slide right in there, Get Out I saw the other night was fucking awesome. It's awesome, right? Yeah. Get Out is the shit, dude. That, it's like so. I'm not saying anyway. I'm not saying it's not a good movie. I'm just no. I know. It's I know not that. my. It's not my all-time favorite horror film. I get. It, I get. I, it. I think it's, it's I very think it's, good. It's, it's very. It's very dividing. Divisive, though. It is. It is. It's. It's unapologetically kind of like what it is. So. Yeah, that's we got to talk I like about that, that aspect. But, but it was really good, in my opinion. My favorite anime is like it's still it's weird. It's still the first ones that I saw, uh, which are yeah. I'm only going to list two: Ghost in the Shell, that first movie, yeah, and Ninja Scroll. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, keep on saying. I it, saw these when I was a kid, <laughs> and it, that's like, it's it's funny because I feel like a lot of people when when they. I don't know what it is now, what the situation is like now, what, but anime is known to be kind of like a cutesy type of thing a lot of the time. But the when I first saw anime, it was probably like 93 or 94, it was on the Sci-Fi channel, and they were, they were, they were dubbing it as like anime or Japanimation, and it's like, 
it's this new brutal, bloody, gory stuff from Japan, you know, and cut to a few years later, Pokemon's the main thing. So, (laughs) and Dragon Ball and stuff, which is fine. But my introduction was that animation from Japan is bloody and violent as fuck. And it, it it was true. And, uh... Yeah, I mean, I'm looking for. I'm really looking forward to the Ghost in the Shell movie that's coming out, and um, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting because I, I remember as a kid, I of course I didn't really fully understand Ghost in the Shell, because I think that again we were talking about Japanese storytelling, Japanese culture is very indirect, and if you if if you look at films like that and even stuff like Totoro, and, and a lot of movies, the point of the film it really isn't exactly clear. There's or the message or whatever you'd whatever you'd call it. It's 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 very indirect. Whereas if you watch something in America, you know even if there's even if it's not a message movie, the kind of the point's really obvious. I mean, even if you look at Deadpool that came out last February, you know that's very obviously a, a you know acceptance of somebody's looks over whatever. I mean, acceptance of somebody acceptance of somebody over whatever they look like, you know, almost like a Beauty and the Beast story. I mean, she even says, that's a face I can sit on. <laughs> that, you know, obviously that's, that's a, that's a, uh, they're undercutting the message with sexual humor, but that, that's a, that, that line is saying, I accept you for who you are. You know, whereas if you, if you watch like Totoro or Ghost in the Shell, it's, I remember even as a kid, I was like, what is the fucking point of this? I, I like this a lot, but what are they fucking saying? I'm 12 asking these questions, by the way. And, uh, yeah, but I think it was great. And Ninja Scroll just, you know, ninjas are fucking sweet. Um, really dives into the, uh, to the, like, kind of like ninja mythology and stuff. And, uh, yeah, that's basically it. Looking forward to Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> okay, well. I am definitely excited to watch Logan and the girl with all the gifts, and um, I got to catch up on Ninja Scroll and a couple of the others, but you guys have given me a long list of recommendations. <laughs> I'm very excited. Yeah, N- Ninja Scroll is, I mean, is pretty violent. There was a series, too, after it, because it was a pretty popular movie, but it's just kind of like fantasy, mid- medieval Japanese fantasy. And there's a lot of stuff in ninja mythology in in Japan. You probably you're probably familiar with some of it with with Naruto already, but a lot of that stuff hasn't really gotten over to America, especially like the magical aspects of that that kind of thing. So that stuff really fascinates me. And, I agree. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you mention ninja to a Japanese person, the first thing they'll do is that like that finger shit that they do in Naruto. <laughs> you know the finger yes. weaving. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. They they won't <laughs> even mention martial arts. <laughs> or sneaking around that much. It's the magical shit comes up first with Japanese people. So that just shows like the cultural difference there. I think that that's like a case or well, I guess one point that you could make that kind of encompasses the whole feeling of anime to the Western culture. It's like this is a whole world that you can escape into where magical elements or, you know, crazy elements from history, all these things are possible and are a big part of those worlds. And I think that's one one of the reasons why there's so much fun to just lose yourself and, and get into those shows and binge watch them because a lot of the, I don't know, I just, I feel like imagination. Right, if, right, If you're right. looking for an escape, you go to anime. Right. I mean, this one guy I talked to, uh, he's a translator that I know, Japanese translator, and he said that he felt that the reason that Japan has been so successful in spreading their culture is just bottom line, they're good sto- storytellers. 
That's exactly. it. It's, it's not trying to cater to any certain audience. It's just trying to tell a really good story with the focus on the characters and their growth and their friendships and real relationships. And to be able, like Naruto, to follow a character from when they're, you know, preteen all the way through to however old he is now with a son. It's just crazy. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a son now? Boruto. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't know that. <laughs> I got I to just binge this show at one you point. You know, <laughs> I, it's just I feel like you can grow up with them. And in that right. way, you relate to them almost as you do people within your own story, within your own childhood, that you watch them grow. And, you know, sadly, two-hour movie format, you don't get that as much. And with TV shows even long-running – a lot of times they're not focused on, as they are with anime, that central story and the central characters. Um, right, right, right. I just think it's so cool you get to grow up with them. Man, I got to check out this Boruto now. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z because you had that like lineage that you followed and stuff and find yourself being one of the gang <laughs> and seeing all the changes of the characters. It's pretty evolve. cool. Pretty yeah. cool. There's not enough of that. In, well, yeah, there's not too much of that in, in like, westernized serial kind of stuff. And I think Where you grow that's up a lot with of the character, or what do you mean exactly? Oh, them, you know, like, there's sometimes that I wish they would just age the Simpsons, like, ten uh -huh. years. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the way that they did the Rugrats at one time. Like, it didn't last yeah. the very long, but it was an interesting experiment to see... I would definitely, yeah. If I was, the situations see, could be a lot funnier, and and you know, it's 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 like yeah, like you know, like your audience grows up as well. You know, your audience probably doesn't stay the same, and as much as you try and cater to the younger generation and stuff like that. I just read they're gonna cancel the three D Ninja Turtle show and do another two D show. Really? Yeah. So oh, I, I, you know, I, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you yeah. never you never know what the younger audiences are really gonna want, but the older audiences that are growing up, like we're fucking ready for that Batman Begins Nolan S <laughs> Ninja Turtles movie. You know what I mean? Like, oh my god, we've been fucking Lee. around for way too long. And you know, do, now that you mentioned Nolan, I was just thinking this stuff, and uh, probably yeah. before, just before we signed on, but we're talking about anime and 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 the Hollywood connection with anime. Yeah. What if Nolan did Evangelion, dude? That'd be pretty fucking amazing, actually, to to see him do like yeah, some existential like kaiju kind of thing. Dude, he would kill would it, be dude. Cool. I think it he would, would kill it, that shit. Yeah, that would be cool. I um, remember watching Christopher Nolan's Batman movie in the theater and just like mind being completely blown because I had not uh, been as receptive or felt as connected to any of the previous, for sure, Batman movies, um, yeah. but really a, a lot of movies. I mean, well, that, that that's, what's, just... that's what's so awesome, right? Uh, I mean, Nolan's, I mean, when you go into that movie and you're like, you haven't really thought deeply about Batman, have you? Well, guess what I have? <laughs> and I'm about to explain every little thing about it. Why a cape? Why a bat? Why fear? Yeah. Why this? Why that? Like the, I'm like going to explain every little thing to you. Yeah. He's like, he's like the Kubrick of our age now, you know, like he's just like in such short time, seemingly like in our lifespan, I guess he's he's, you know, garnered or he's, you know, on those same plateaus as the other like classic filmmakers. You know what I mean? And he's done it in such different ways with all his films like. Well, I got to I, I, I got to give yeah. a lot of credit to Heath Ledger's uh, Joker yeah, and yeah, right. on, on that end. I mean, just. I, oh my god! I, I recently watched one of the in memoriam type and his, letters. His, well, his casting, oh. you know, like yeah, Liam Neeson, oh Liam Neeson to help kind of like start things off, you know, like 
he did with Liam Neeson what George Lucas couldn't do with Liam Neeson. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. And help kind yeah. of set this thing in motion, and and even Anne Hathaway, she was a great Catwoman. She they was. Were all, awesome. There's like so many Academy Award winners in in that series. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, they just. I mean, it felt like an event, man. It's just, oh god, the Nolan Batman movies, dude. Just and go that, on and I'm, on and on. I'm so happy that you brought up casting, though, because that I 100% agree. Like that is one of those factors that you just can't get wrong. Or sorry, you can get wrong, but you can't get wrong if you want to make it feel real and really get your audience into it. Casting is just so important. And I, I had an interesting. Uh, I mean, I've been doing casting with web series, with short films, and now with ZombieCon, a feature film. But it was very cool going even outside of that spectrum with reaching out and finding the different cosplayers and connecting in that way to them as a casting director. It's just sort of, I guess, playing in a multitude of roles within the cosplay, anime, and then the filmmaking and, I guess, acting world and sort of meshing all that together. But casting is so much just finding that true spirit and people who are really ready and willing and able to jump into that role and embody that role and bring it to heights that you never even expected. And it's when actors do that, or I guess even cosplayers, when, when people do that in that role, like Heath Ledger did for the Joker, it makes such a difference. It's like we are now, you're talking about it 10 years later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was amazing what he did with that shit. I mean, Jack yeah. Nicholson was good, but this was groundbreaking. Yeah. basically like you know, the Joker will in I don't know I don't know what I was just about to say but it was good <laughs> very very different Jokers very different Jokers both I mean equally as amazing yeah. equally but like believable be, but I bet you Jared Leto's shit like wasn't very good he <laughs> built so much hype up <laughs> over Jared Leto's Joker right at the beginning just to be like check it out it's like such a different Joker but that Heath Ledger Joker still on our minds yeah, and, well, they, and they that's the standard right now time. yeah exactly and that's the standard and like to try and reinvent that would have been cool and probably necessary but i bet you whatever jared leto fucking had in his head about the joker and whatever david ayer wanted him to do i bet you wasn't very good I mean, yeah, I mean, I, because he didn't have a he didn't have a he didn't have a really a, like a purpose and maybe that was just the script to be honest like because because Ledger's Joker had purpose. He had purpose over everybody, you know, like right, he, right, like right. nobody really fit into his his movement forward, his direction. It just didn't allow for, yeah, for the order that was that was, you know, the skeletal structure of order that was over everything. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's tough to compare them. I, I think it's almost impossible to compare them, like you were saying, because of just the, the script structure yeah. and also the amount of t screen time. And then I agree, like if he tried to yeah. recreate Heath Ledger's version of the Joker to a T, it just wouldn't have, it wouldn't have felt right. It wouldn't. I don't think it'd been right. Yeah, I wouldn't have wanted that either. I, um, it's, and it would be great to see them. Jared Leto you know, suffered from yeah. you know just poor management, essentially poor. You know, studio getting involved a little bit too much, and you know, I think he was. Seems like he was fully uh, committed, and you know, he yeah, from true. what you see in the movie, you know, he's he's definitely he's definitely into it. You know, it's just he just it's just everything else around it just wasn't really that great. You know. Yeah, so I'll take back a little bit of what I said about Jared Leto just now because I know he's capable. 
I definitely think if he had, I mean, imagine him at, with Nolan's, if Nolan actually did direct a Batman movie, or, you know, some other, like, really capable director. What if, you know, what if Matt Reeves really reworks him? And yeah. I think they're going to let Matt Reeves do some things. He's fantastic. That's the best casting, or the best um, director I could possibly think of right now. He's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah, that's definitely something um, that is not, what do you call it? You know, you hear a lot of news from yeah. DC, and I was it's watching the not trailer the greatest for... thing in the world, but that was like pretty, pretty good news. Or did he direct the new Planet of the Apes? Yeah, he did. Uh, he's yeah. done. He does War as well. Yeah, that's did. what I thought. And I was watching that, and I was just like, this, like, I could see this dude doing Batman for sure. Like oh, some dude, of the locations yeah. and the the grit that's there, you know, like. And him having final say on the script, dude, that's huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's That'd that's what awesome. you, that's what you want, man. I was it, telling somebody else's story earlier, up earlier today. Penn Jillette, you know, the magician? Yeah. He said, you know, maybe it was in the 70s or something, He's on. he went on a date to see Apocalypse Now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he said that the girl he was with, uh, it wasn't his wife, um, it wasn't the girl that he would marry, but he said that the girl said, I don't know if I like that, it just felt like a, one dude's ego trip. And then Penn said he thought to himself for a second, and then he was like, you know what, that's all I want to see. <laughs> I don't want to see something that's been focus grouped to Helen back. Yeah, yeah. And he said he said the same thing about the Love Witch, which is an indie movie from L.A. that is a, yeah, a I want girl to see that. wrote, produced, directed, art directed, edited, did everything, started on film. You know, she did everything. Yeah. It's her ego trip. And he said it was almost kind of like the same thing. There's, there's no, you know, there, it wasn't focus grouped. It's exactly what what one person wanted. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well. Honestly, I think that's how ZombieCon is going to feel because, I mean, yes, it was created, co-written, shot, I mean, production art, props, everything in between, and then edited by my fiancé. So there's, there's so much so that it's completely independent. It doesn't have a very, I don't know, like you would say, a very focus group type feel. It's, right, it's, right, 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 right. It's, it's a perspective story, and you follow the journey of the main character. Um, but there's a lot of passion and fun and anecdotes added by the cast themselves while filming. And so I think ZombieCon has just that feel like you were describing, where it's definitely not like the focus group type feel. It's a little outside the box, but at the same time, because it's so focused on story and the character's journey, it's... It's linear enough to feel like I don't know, like it should. You got to email <laughs> me this. Sense. You got to email me this when it ha- when this comes out, because I yes. you know, all the things you say, I'm, I'm I want to see it. Well, I am dying to be able to share it with the world. I'm really excited about it. Zombiecon.org is the website, okay. but also if you go to MewNowTV.com, and that's our streaming platform, that we also have a ton of behind the scenes material. And aside from just being a feature film. My fiance also adapted it into a manga. So the oh, first, shit. basically the first quarter of the movie, you can now read as a manga online on our MunaTV.com streaming platform. And so we're really in that way, very much so outside, I guess, then the focus group type path. <laughs> yeah, very, that's... very, very true to the nature of the story. You have yeah. to. That's yeah. M-E-W now TV, MewNowTV.com. Exactly. M-E-W-N-O-W, MewNowTV.com. That's a excellent segue. What other, um, where else can people find you on, uh, on social media? 
So on Twitter, I am Aaron underscore Anya. Anya is crazy, I know. It's A-I-N-E for those that randomly don't know how to spell or pronounce Gaelic <laughs> Irish old names. <laughs> right. uh, and then on Instagram, just at Aaron Anya with no underscore in between. Um, but I, I, you can find all the ZombieCon and Munau TV and Big Squid links through there. Um, although I'm acting, I am now completely devoted as well to production and producing and everything within, I guess, now the cosplay and anime world. So it's, you know, you, you go there, you don't just find typical actress or anything like that. There's, there's a whole smorgasbord of random stuff. <laughs> Sweet. Smorgas? Smorgasbord. Smorgas. <laughs> you, Gotta have me some of that smorgas. <laughs> mm, boards gonna, of it. Gonna have shmore of the smorgasbord. <laughs> smore what? That's a I smore. Hope, I hope I didn't smorgasbord you. <laughs> no, you did great. Squanch. Squanch. Squanchy. <laughs> Squanchy. Oh, man. Squanch that smorgasbord. <laughs> Sorry. I've smoked a bit of weed today. <laughs> I've smoked what? just a little bit of weed. A weed. The master's got its grips on me. <laughs> the spirits, the spirits, they got me. The little hobbits. The <laughs> I'm that. in the shire up in this motherfucker, smoking that Gandalf. <laughs> that, with that gillyweed, boy. That's all that gillyweed, <laughs> boy. They need to do like a black-casted Lord of the Rings where Snoop Dogg is Gandalf. Oh, my God. Oh, I think God. that he would be down for that, like in a heartbeat. <laughs> the hood of the Shire. Oh! <laughs> even if, in Hollywood? Even if he would just like cosplay, if he would show up to a con cosplaying as Gandalf, that would be mind-blowing. Yes. But that and giant type. <laughs> he could actually do in real life the uh, magical uh, smoke formations as well. <laughs> He's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Smoke dildo baggins. <laughs> that shit's not special dildo. effects. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I think that's it. Anybody? I mean, Stefan, you got anything? Nah, man, I'm cool. <laughs> All right. All right, cool. Well, thanks for coming. This has been fucking awesome. This has been so much fun. Thank you for the invite, and thanks for chatting so much anime and zombie con and everything in between. It's been fun. That's what we do. <laughs> well thank you thank you so much indeed we will definitely we would we'll have you on again soon would love to and i'll keep you guys up to date for sure on everything movement wise with ZombieCon. cool should not wait yeah awesome well hey nice talking to you guys again and good luck with everything coming up can't wait to talk to you soon yeah thanks have a good night see ya bye, bye guys was Aaron Anya joining us for episode 58 I think this is and uh, thanks a lot for joining us and we will catch you next time losers bye hey everybody this is Andrew from Superhouse I'm just here to remind you guys to check out our Patreon page it's at patreon.com slash superhousepodcast. And also, we have an email. You can email us directly at superhousepodcast at gmail.com. And we are also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please check us out there. Thanks. Thanks.